District of Chip and Friends still going strong as are our efforts to flatten the curve against coronavirus. Seeing some good news, the cases are going down. Got to keep that going. Got to get back to watching sports live. In reality, for real, I feel like it's Groundhog Day. I wake up, I go to sleep, it's the same routine. While you do your part, DCAF is ready to step it up a notch. And we will be revealing that after Easter weekend. I'm personally excited about it, so make sure you catch us on Monday. You know how to be certain you get it in a timely fashion. Subscribe to the pod. And if you're feeling generous, rate the pod, drop a review. Constructive criticism is welcome. Kind or harsh. I've got thick skin. I can handle it. Okay, DCF Nation. You ready? Let's do it. Well, DCF Nation, we made it one week. I know there's probably nobody on board right now, but that's okay. One week, three episodes, District of Chip and Friends, with your friend, Chip Rear. I'm solo again tonight, but we've made it to Easter weekend. It's going to be a weird holiday. I use the word weird a lot, but it's the truth. I know there are people that are going to want to try and go to church. I know there are people that are committed to practicing Easter celebrations. We will be in the Briere household, but we will be doing it at home. That's going to be very odd because I should be watching the Masters this Sunday. Maybe a little Tiger Red on Sundays. Making a late push at Augusta National. Wishing every single year I could go there and try their famous pimento cheese sandwich, which I hear from friends who have made the trip, is phenomenal. But that's not the case. And I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here. Just stating facts. That's the way it is. But truth be told, it has been nice to go through this process. Even though it does, like I said in the intro, feel like Groundhog Day. I'm starting to get that feeling. I wake up. I have my coffee. I eat my donut with my chive and onion cream cheese. My wife come da- comes down, eats her breakfast, and then it's off to work. We're collecting all of this amazing sound with local athletes, coaches, persons of interest, and it's fantastic, but it's starting to become repetitive and hard. And I imagine all of you are feeling the same exact way, whether you're working from home or dealing with whatever problems are in front of you, which are valid, and we wish you the best of luck in tackling them. What this podcast is, through one week, remains a mystery because there was a plan to go through this and have fun segments and be able to record with people and try some new things out but because everyone's socially distant rightfully so practicing isolation so that we can flatten the curve against coronavirus i i i do feel a little disappointed that this isn't as lively as it should be but i promise you if you stick with us we're gonna get there we're gonna be collecting the best sound from the podcast and replaying it and laughing at all of our mistakes our best moments all that kind of stuff it's going it's gonna to be a great time. Plus, I'm starting to play MLB The Show on PlayStation 4. If you want to try and take me down, just follow me on Twitter, at Chip underscore Briere. Shoot me a DM. I'll take you on. I'm not afraid. We go legacy only, though. It's real talk. We don't mess around. We go hard. Hard past the fence. I digress. Just kind of trailing off here, because we're going to get to cramp... Again, this will show. See, this will show up in the best of. We're going to talk to Grant Paulson of 1067, the fan, host of Grant and Danny. Co- well, he is a host, as with Danny Ruye. See, I'm just. Uh, this is what happens in 
COVID-19 times when you don't have a co-host to bounce off of. You stumble and you burn, but we power through because we're all human. Grant Paulson, 1067 The Fan, fantastic personality, really knows what he's talking about with the Redskins, the Nationals, Wizards, Capitals, what have you. And his, his backstory, if you haven't heard it before, is utterly fascinating. I couldn't believe it when I was researching for the interview. You're really going to enjoy it. That's coming up in about a minute or so. But I guess I'll just wrap up this who knows how long rambling. Is We're in a weird place, and I'm hoping Easter weekend will be able to get a lot of the sound done. We're going to talk to Rob Carlin of NBC Sports Washington, host of Capitals Live pregame and postgame shows, as well as the Capitals Talk podcast. And he had a lot of great stuff to talk about as well. Basically, what this show is right now, and what I hope the basis of it will be, is we're just talking to people in D.C. sports. Media, coaches, players, anybody that you, the listeners, as fans of D.C. sports, want to get to know, I want to be the vessel in which we go and understand them, learn more about them, hear their side, instead of the normal stuff that they do, which to us is extraordinary, including myself. Even in our own business, people are doing great work out there and we want to get to know them and we have through three episodes and we will continue to do so now. So again, rate, review and subscribe to District of Chip and Friends. You can follow me at Chip underscore Briere on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, none of this is scripted. This is all off the cuff. We're just making conversation of it. Without further ado, let's go to Grant Paulson of 106.7 The Fan. All right, DCAF Nation, we are young and we are finding our way in the world of podcasting. We are basically rookie league right now, and for some reason, we have been able to bring a major league star into our midst. I'm not kidding. We are a minor leaguer at the plate facing Mad Max Scherzer. When I tell you, we are welcoming Grant Paulson, host of 106.7 The Fans, Grant and Danny, weekdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., syndicated throughout the region. My man. Capitals and Redskins analyst for NBC Sports Washington, play-by-play for the D.C. Defenders, contributor to the Athletic D.C., and that's only scratching the surface of this hard-working man. Grant, dude, thank you so much for being on with us. How are you doing so far? My pleasure, Chip. Thanks so much. Hopefully you and, and all your listeners are doing as well as they can during some odd times in D.C. in a fairly sportsless time right now. Yeah, it's been so weird, dude. I mean, I'm sitting at home in my guest bedroom. You're at home. You just moved, right? So we have not moved yet. We picked probably the worst time in the last quarter century to buy a house. Uh, I have a baby who just turned one years old and uh, my wife and I, so we bought a place uh, about 15 minutes from where we've lived over the last several years. So we're going to be moving and, and hopefully next month. But in the meantime, we're putting our house on the market in the next calendar week. So it's just, it's, it's a tough time for everybody. Obviously I'm, I'm in no different boat than anybody else, but awkward it's uh strange it's stressful obviously but yeah there's a lot going on and yet nothing going on which is kind of strange dude it is incredible that you guys are going through all this we wish you the best of luck and that the fact that you're taking time just to sit down and talk to us randomly about random stuff is astounding to me but we do appreciate your time and with all of this going on i was really hoping to focus on what is it like being the host of one of the more well-renowned shows in D.C. right now for sports radio. And I guess it has evolved now into you don't have much sports to talk about, so you're wheeling and dealing at 
basically air. How has that transition been for you when you've been doing this for so long? You've always had that bedrock of the Nationals are going on, the Capitals are in the playoffs, the Redskins are tanking or terrible, that kind of deal. It's a good question, Chip. And, and first of all, thanks for the compliment and the kind words. I mean, I, I don't know if that's the way the show's viewed or not, but uh, we, we put a lot of work into it and we hope people uh, respect it and like what we do. But you know, what I would say is, yes, I, I think you said it well. We, we've always had sports kind of as a, I, I would say a base, you know, as, as a foundation. And we kind of always come back to home base and whatever the, the news of the day is in DC or nationally, that kind of drives our show a couple of different times throughout the day with multiple angles. And when we get going at 10 and then maybe we run something back on a second angle on a similar topic, whatever that big story is that day in the second half of the show, as we pick up a, a broadened uh, syndicated audience down in Richmond and, and what have you. But you know, without having sports taking a little bit more creativity, you know, it's taken a little bit more outside the box thinking. And it's been a, a challenge that I think in some way has been, kind of neat, honestly, and fun. I mean, you, you kind of get locked into your normal way of thinking about your life and thinking about your job. And I'm sure you and everyone can relate to you. You show up, you punch the time card, you do what you did the day before and you go home. And that's not really the case right now. We're, we always put a lot of work in and a lot of thought into what we talk about. And we always kind of have debates as to what people want to hear and what they don't. But right now we're kind of free to let our hair down and be a little bit more creative. You know, we're not going to not talk sports. People, expect that from us if you go to a steakhouse you expect steak so we're not going to make mexican necessarily or try to serve chinese or you know do something off the grid so we will still talk sports you know as much as we can as much as things are relevant and we'll have topics that hopefully are thought-provoking and interesting but it does allow for the opportunity to have a little bit more fun and the one good thing i'd say for our station and i give our program director chris kiner and intercom a lot of credit for this so they've hired and they have put together a staff that is, you know, capable of entertaining, hopefully. It's kind of the goal. I mean, we are personality driven. I think our listeners expect quality analysis and a good detailed breakdown on the Nats or the Caps or the Wizards or the Redskins or what have you. But they also, I think, listen, ideally, hopefully, because you know, we can entertain talking about other things, whether that's movie or what's going on in our lives. And a lot of our listeners know about my family and my proclivities that I like and don't like food wise or actors and actresses that I'm enamored with or not. So that's kind of going to carry us right now, I think. And hopefully there will be sports news that comes out enough to, to help us out as well. Yeah, the NFL has been a big source of information. Oh, what a godsend. Oh, my God. Could you imagine what life would be like if we didn't have anything, period? Uh, It got so bad, Grant, and I'm bringing this up a lot in our podcast, that I sat down and watched Aussie Football League. Do you understand what Aussie Football League is? It is NFL on steroids times five. Our friend Chad Ryan, who lives in Australia, got me into it, and I could not look away. But, dude, if we did not have the Redskins in the offseason trying to figure out who they're going to bring in, I, I might go insane in this house. Yeah, and, and it's funny to me because I know a lot of people are distressed and bothered, you know, a little bit vexed by Roger Goodell's decision to push forward, whether that be with free agency or more specifically now with the draft. And I think if the NFL can do this in a fairly safe manner, not unlike so many of the companies that are trying to keep our economy afloat right now that are able to have people work from home or allow for social distancing while being efficient and getting things done. I'm all for it. You know, I don't think free agency put anybody in jeopardy, but there's going to be losers, right? I mean, look, just the bottom line is the the world's changed. 
and nothing about what's happening is ideal. So, you know, the, the kids that didn't get to go to the combine who don't get to have pro days, this stinks for them. And, you know, players who needed a pro day after a bad combine, as an example, you know, they're victims here. And we can make a list of victims in free agency, I'm sure, as well, who would have benefited from those face-to-face meetings. But my thinking is this. You know, we needed something. The NFL kind of came forward and provided it. Thank God that they did, as far as I'm concerned. Thank God. I'm elated that that was the case. And I'm ecstatic that the draft's still going to go on. And I don't just mean, you know, when I say we need it, I don't mean for my show, for my content, for your broadcast, for what you're doing. I'm talking about societally, sports fans in general. Preach. We need diversions, man. Preach. Like, we need things to take our mind off stuff. We need movies. We need content. We need the MJ doc. We need Netflix to come out with new shows and, and give us a free month to stream. <laughs> this is More what Tiger people King. need and want. More Tiger Absolutely. King. Absolutely. Oh. I watched Tiger King so quick and binge right through that, bro. But, yeah, and that's kind of, you know, from, from my standpoint, why it's so important for us as a, as a radio station to kind of keep chopping wood here as best we can. And, and thanks to the people at Intercom, we've been able to do that uh, to this point. But, I mean, we, people need distraction. And if we can provide a little bit of normalcy, you know, a little bit of that feeling of used to be that on Wednesday at 11 a.m. I listen to these guys in between meetings. So I'm going to turn them on right now and listen to what they're saying. If we could be there for them, I think that's a good thing because the more people can feel like they're still living their lives the way they want, I think the better everyone's mental health and mindset is going to be, and that's significant. Beautifully said. Grant Paulson, host of 106.7 The Fans. Grant and Danny, weekdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., syndicated throughout the region. My man, uh, what is it like for you? Because we're going to get into your background in a second, because believe it or not, we're not that different in age. And even though you had flash in the fire and you've been able to sustain it as long as you have, it's not that different. And I'm going to shock you on this podcast, but getting that 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. slot, the time that you did after the junkies before Chad Dukes, it seems as though you guys have this perfect chemistry in terms of uh, sequencing from morning to night. Is that just a, a perfect accident or was that something that you guys have all worked together on i'm fascinated by this in sports talk radio across the country when it comes to regions each show seems to have its own chemistry but at the same time weave it together into some form or matter that gels well and speaks to the public well i appreciate that yeah i mean i i can't take any credit it's certainly not something as shows collectively that we've worked on by any means, you know, I think the person you'd give credit to if someone's deserving of it uh, is is our program director, Chris Kiner. But again, I think he built a staff that was largely based on people that, you know, he thought uh, DC and our listening audience and our target demo, uh, which is, you know, that 19 to, to 54 aged person uh, would, you know, relate to, find interesting. And uh, he wanted huge sports fans. And he, I think he definitely got that certainly. And and the junkies who are iconic and legendary and have been in the market for two decades. I mean, they're coming up on a quarter century of doing radio in the nation's capital. And I got to tell you, that just doesn't happen anymore. No, it doesn't. I mean, and I don't mean this from a local standpoint, like on a national level, those guys are renowned. People know them. You know, I, I wouldn't put them on the level, like in terms of national recognizability of like a Mike Francesa, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to tell you within our company, if you talk to our big bosses, the value of their show, what they provide, I mean, they're they're unique and uh, and they're very near the top of the list on a national level in, in terms of their worth I'm sure to an entity um, and they're, they've been doing this for a long time it was kind of the perfect chord that got struck with four guys who grew up as friends 
who started together as, as young people, a few of them playing in each other's yards as grade school kids. And they just did a show where they talked sports like people talk in their basements. And, and I think people loved it. And they've been able to keep the train on the tracks for a long, long time. And I mean, every PD in the country has been trying to replicate and duplicate what they do for oh, yeah. a long, long time. And it just, it's hard to do. You know, Chad obviously is a diehard a Redskins and DC sports fan, grew up that way, as did Danny. My background's a little bit different. You know, the junkies were on 106.7 before it flipped to all sports when they were doing more of like a guy talk format, mm-hmm. as was Chad. Uh, Danny and I are the only two that kind of came over after it became a sports station. Danny was a D1 college baseball player at George Washington and a stand-up comedian. So he brings both a, a levity and a humor to our show, but also I think is, can talk sports with anybody and at a really high level is super sharp. And then you know, my background is more of a broadcasting kind of journalistic coverage background where I was on a, the Redskins beat and was in the locker rooms and grew up you know, interviewing players and in the field. And, um, you know, that to me has served me pretty well in, in my role now in, in studio because I think it's fairly unique. And most people that host shows haven't done as much field reporting as I did. And, and I think it gives me a perspective that's important not only to our show, but hopefully bigger picture to, to what we're doing. But I think because each show is so different, you know, and I just kind of ran through everybody's background. I think that's why it, it works. You know, you're not going to get like the same takes from – EB or JP at 7 a.m. that you're going to get from me at 10:45 or right. Danny even at the same time, and then Chad has a very different way of kind of going about his craft from 2 to 6:30. And I just think uh, it's a nice little, you know, soup that we put together with different ingredients. I would call it a tomato soup, the best kind of soup. It all comes <laughs> together. It all comes together. All right, getting to that background though. You talked about you grew up around journalism and being a reporter. My friend, I did not know that you were on David Letterman multiple times as a child, and I went and watched the tape of you at Super Bowl thirty six in New Orleans for Tom Brady's first <laughs> Super Bowl. My dude, how have you kept this a secret from me? You saw Brady's That's first. Funny. You saw his first in 2002. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, at that time, he was not Tom Brady yet, obviously. He was that guy who was the starting quarterback of the Patriots on a magical carpet ride to the title game. But yeah, my, my background is, is crazy. I don't want to bore people, but basically I got the opportunity. Don't don't be humble pie. You're not going (laughs) to bore anybody. I just could not look away from these articles I was reading. Please go in full length. Yeah. It's, it's kind of wacky, man. Everyone always says like, how do you get into the business? And everyone's story is very different. Um, But the the way that it worked for me was when I was uh, 10 years old, I started to call into my uncle's radio show and do football picks. He was a, a really popular radio DJ on a rock station called WDVE in Pittsburgh that was the home of the Steelers broadcast. Game was plugged. And I was kind of bragging with him uh, at the time about the Redskins and the Steelers playing a scrimmage game in a preseason, not even like a preseason game, but literally a training camp scrimmage. And we were arguing over stats and what happened or whatever. And he said, how do you know all this? You know, why do you remember this? And I mean, I was a diehard fan. He probably met kids like this that memorize all the numbers of the players and the stats and stuff. So he looked it up and said, you know, if you're right, I'm going to have you call into my show. And I think in his mind, now that I'm in radio, he saw this as just like a funny bit where he would have this kid on who's nine or 10 years old. And he called me his sports bookie and I would give him the betting lines and I would, I would pick games for him. Oh my and gosh. I think, you know, his, his listeners enjoyed it. Cause it's, you know, I always thought people were like laughing with me and you know, it's kind of like they were laughing at the idea of this kid, right. Who's just given these scores and predictions. But it, it was so fun, and I loved it so much. And from that, the local newspaper did a story in my hometown in King George County. 
And so I started uh, authoring like a 25 or probably 150 word or something column. I'll use air quotes, a couple paragraphs on sports. They would cram into the sports section every week in a weekly paper. And I look back and they were kind of just embarrassingly poorly written, but they would post them. And then the local uh, TV station, Channel 9 WUSA, did a story on it. And they sent a cameraman and a producer to my house and to my school to record me playing soccer at recess and stuff. Big time. And so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, so they came to, like, my SEA meeting when I was, like, fourth grade vice president or whatever. So after that, that was a a CBS affiliate, obviously. And uh, the Letterman Show producers, I guess, saw it. And one day when they had a cancellation, they called and asked if I could come up there and uh, talk sports on his show. Not unlike – You've seen with some kid that you know knows and recites all the information on the presidency of the United States, or but this is Grant, but this is Grant Paulson. This is Grant Paulson doing it. This is not every other kid. <laughs> this is Grant Paulson doing it. <laughs> uh, but you've you've seen it a bit. I mean, you've seen oh, yeah. it. They just have like the like Ellen has these kids on now that have like memorized all the bones in the body or something. Yeah. So it was kind of like that idea, right? I don't know that at the time, but looking back, that's kind of the the idea. And uh, it turned out that you know he liked the segment. He was a huge sports fan. He got a kick out of it. And the audience reacted well, and I went on the show over the next six or so years, uh, a total of six times, and I went up to the studio seven times. I uh, got bumped one time and I had to come wow. back soon after. But, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was, you know, I ended up not being cute enough or, or young enough or facial hair <laughs> still started being growing funny in, didn't enough. <laughs> exactly. I started to grow facial hair, and, and my voice got a little deeper. So they said, thanks for the time. It was a nice run, kid. Go Go to high school now. But I had a blast, man. It was from like ages, I don't know, 12 or 13 to right around 17 or 18. Uh, Last year, I think I did it was around junior year of high school, so probably 17. But it was neat. It was a really cool experience, and and that's kind of what started it. And then, like everyone else, I mean, I started kind of, you know, I slept on the floor of of, uh, radio stations and did shows overnight and odd hours and kind of grinded my way to a a chance at 106.7 as one of their assistant beat reporters. Uh, And the next year took over as their Redskins beat reporter. And then four years after being on the beat every single day covering the Redskins, I took over uh, their midday show. So that is the probably too long-winded way of, of the, the the way I got my gig. <laughs> well, it's an amazing story, dude, for real. I, I knew that you had worked hard to get there, but honestly, hearing it from you and then doing the research before, it's just incredible. And you deserved everything you have right now. And you got a chance. Hold on. Before I get there, though, I mentioned I had something similar to you. You were on Late Night at a young age. I was on late night in 2015 and it wasn't even my choice. Yeah. Last week tonight with John Oliver in 2015. Can you guess what the topic was? 2015 would have been, I'm trying to think national sports news. Okay. I'll give you a hint. Burgundy and gold. That'll help a lot. Redskins related. So this is post driven. This is cousins. You like that? Maybe. Maybe you're in the ballpark. It's name related. Ooh, so name change debate? Was it one of the times where they had people like picketing outside yes. the stadium or something? Yes, it was when the Redskins filed, uh, I can't remember the exact term, to Congress about uh, disparaging names. I made it on last week tonight on ABC 8 in Richmond, Virginia, because I said, and wow. I quote, uh, they listed the names of companies that have been approved. Here on 8 News, we will not be reading out those names because they are indeed offensive. And if I could list out the names for you right now, I would. But just go look up the clip. I was in it, and I was not the butt of the joke. I was the pickup line to the joke. So that was a big victory for me. But 
<laughs> That's awesome. You got to send me that. I haven't seen that. You got to text me that. I will text you that, my friend. So now you've gotten all this work. You've gotten to this point. You are Capitals and Redskins analysts for NBC Sports Washington. And I think, and I get a sense that you have a love for baseball that is unmatched by maybe the casual fan. You're an Orioles fan, right? But you covered the Nationals, and you got to be on the field. I was with you the whole time. You had the headphones in. You had the microphone to your mouth almost 24-7. There was not even a moment for you to breathe. But if there's one moment from that Nationals World Series run that you haven't talked about yet on your radio show or with fans in general that you love to take away from that time that you got that access you had for something that was as historic as them ending a near century long drought of a world series title, not being in our nation's capital, what would that be? A good question. So, I mean, the, the obvious ones that, that jump out, we've talked about ad nauseum on the show. I mean, they're just jumping up and down, going crazy with the Soto big swing against the Brewers in the wild card and, the Howie Kendrick dramatics to beat the Dodgers after Rendon and Soto tied the game in the league championship series, the, the pitching performances of Anibal and Max, and then in the World Series, you know, what that team accomplished in games six and seven out west, including, by the way, Kendrick hitting the home run off the foul pole. But I guess one thing I've never mentioned on air, never mentioned, in, and that was awesome, was, I don't know that I've told this story, I, probably because I was like hiding it, but what, what the heck, might as well. So Exclusive. I, 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 yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm kind of, a, you know, I'm, I'm super cognizant of like respecting the process, right? Some of these clubhouses, there is like emblems in the middle of the floor where you're not allowed to walk and, and they don't want you to like step on the logo or something. So all those types of, of processes I, I care about uh, for these teams. And I, I know that, you know, we're something of an inconvenience at times. We got a job to do and most players understand that. So I try to like, keep my distance as best I can from, from knowing what I should and shouldn't be doing. And at the end of the night, I mean, this was probably like two hours after the game ended. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things after game seven in Houston uh, in the clubhouse where one by one players were trickling out to go to their party back at the team hotel. And I mean, there were barely anybody left. Like Ryan Zimmerman was kind of in and out of the clubhouse and a couple other guys, but I'm telling you, this was so long after like no one was there and the trophy was just kind of standing there. And Charlie Slow took a picture with it and a couple of the other broadcasters with the team. And I was just kind of standing there. And I remember Charlie kind of looking over at me. He says, come over here, get a picture. And I'm like, no, no, you know, I'm not going to touch it. I, I can't go over there. That's, that's not for me. And I had just kind of gone to school on the trophy thing with the cup because you know, I shouldn't touch the cup. And I'm not supposed to be with the cup. I mean, that's a player thing. They earned it. He's like, no, 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 come over here. So he kind of took a picture of me really quick before we left the clubhouse. The night the Nats won. I'm drenched in champagne from trying to do interviews while they're spraying me. I'm freezing cold. And I look like a rat who just got out of like a, a moving river or something. And, uh, and I'm next to kind of with my arm around the, the world series trophy. And I'll have that picture forever, man. I'm kind of getting, you know, a little bit uh, emotional just thinking about how amazing. Cause it was one of those, you know, you, you have these moments over the course of your career where you work, work, work. You don't think too much about how cool what you're doing is. And it was one of those things where I did stop in the moment. Like you smell the roses while you're getting them. And you go, this is so amazing. As a lifelong diehard sports fan, DC sports fan, I bleed all of these teams. But, you know, I'm able to put a hat on during the day, during my job. I'm a big boy. I can, 
I can play quote unquote reporter. I can play oh, yeah. very much down the middle. On. Yeah, you can put that hat on. When yeah, you but it, but it matters. Like people lie to, all the time. Like you're like, are you you're a fan of this team? And these like reporters who take themselves seriously. No, I mean people who are writing about teams and cover teams, especially if they're baseball. from somewhere else in the country. Yeah, especially baseball. But if they're from somewhere else, ship like. Okay, maybe you don't love that team, but you got into this. Like, you could be writing about something else. You obviously love sports. It's right. obviously cool for you to be there. Like, if it, it's not as glamorous as people think. If it wasn't that fun, people wouldn't be doing it. It's an amazing way to, and I'll use air quotes here, like make a living. Mm-hmm. But that was one of those moments, and there aren't that many, but we're in the moment. It's just so cool and overwhelming that you stop for a second and say, like, this is the dream. Like, I am so lucky to be doing this. This is why. You know, I work the crazy hours and you put in, I'm not a hero by any means. And there's real jobs, you know, people digging ditches and I don't even consider what I do work for a living. Like this is, this is awesome. It's kind of what I was thinking. And, uh, and that's, that's a story I'll always remember. Yeah. It was a great story, man. And to share it with everybody, I mean, to be in that locker room, especially considering they were the first team ever, ever to win four straight row games in a World Series, be undefeated in elimination games. Of all the moments, Grant, for you to have that, that was the tip of the iceberg, only comparable to maybe the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series back in 2016. That's the only comparable emotion I can come up with to describe to people in my life what it was like to be in that moment, and you had an even better exclusive look at being in that emotional center. So that was fantastic and for me it was not something like if there were a lot of players or or any players around you know i I wouldn't have done it like it would have been it would have felt disrespectful but at that point like whoever's grabbing this thing and taking it to the party hasn't come yet it's literally it's funny because the whole season has been about winning this thing and now it's sitting by itself in the corner of this room (laughs) and uh yeah it was it was really really neat and you know i I think the guys that kind of said hey come over here because it's not something i would have done by myself but it was it was pretty cool now with opening day uh, upon this recording opening day would have been today at home for nationals park and i know we all are trying to think what would it have been like to get the rings put the banner up have a sold out nationals park celebrating world defending world series champions right now though with baseball trying to figure out when they're going to get back to games do you yourself feel confident that when we do get back to, back to baseball and the Nationals do play that first home game, the celebration will be just as amazing as it would have been on April 2nd. I think it's going to be better, to be honest with you. I really, really? do. I mean, do? I, I, yeah, I do. Because I think people are so desperate for normal and they're so ravenous for uh, the things that they're missing. I think this is giving all of us an appreciation and, just more of an ability to slow down a little bit and think about some of the cool things that we have. Just speaking for myself, you know, work-wise or, or life-wise, I mean, we've had things taken away from us. I've got jobs like everybody else right now that have been dramatically affected. I think people are going to take this as an opportunity when things get back to normal to maybe appreciate things more, like sports that we've never once thought about. I've never for a second thought that a major league baseball season would just not happen or major league baseball would follow the NBA and the NHL is kind of shutting down operations. It's crazy. But yeah, I think when the season comes, I'm not comparing these two things at all, Chip, and and I would not do that. But remember the last time kind of sports for a moment were like taken away in my life was September 11th. 
And I just remember when, when we went back to playing sports and George Bush, I think it was at the time, threw out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium or the NFL games that weekend, it was almost like a celebration of life and a celebration of America and, and triumph, and it was this patriotic thing. And while this is not quite the same in terms of the patriotism, I think on a global scale, you know, the world is being challenged and, and civilization is being pushed right now in a way that it hasn't been in a while. And in this country, we are being asked to stretch and, and do more and, and uh, kind of take one on the chin in a way that you know, my parents have never experienced, their generation, certainly my generation hasn't experienced. So all that having been said, I think when we get back to being able to go to Nats Park whenever that is, and I pray that it's sometime this summer, and we get to sit there and watch that banner get unfurled, I think you're going to have your normal collection of crazy, authentic, loud, cheering Nats fans to go along with a lot of people who are just partying because life is going on the way that it used to. And they need to play Baby Shark. We can all agree on that. He is Grant Paulson, host <laughs> yeah. of 106.7 The Fans. Grant and Danny, weekdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., syndicated throughout the region. Capitals and Redskins analyst for NBC Sports Washington. Play-by-play for the D.C. Defenders, hopefully for next year. Contributor to The Athletic D.C., and you can follow him on all social media platforms at Grant H. Paulson. Grant, we are not worthy, but dude, you crushed it like you do every single day. Thank you for being on with DCAF. I appreciate you. You're very kind, man, and best of uh, you know, luck to you and everyone else getting through what is a really, really strange time. But keep your heads up, and uh, let's look out for each other. You got it. Stay safe. Be well, buddy. Wonderful dude. Wishing the best of luck with his move and his new world of sports talk radio without sports. The only thing I can think of that he could comment on is WWE WrestleMania. And potentially rugby or Australian Football League. But that's a tough sport to try and explain to your listeners. I watched it from our boy Chad Ryan. He told me it was on two weeks ago. It's football on steroids. It's it's not for the faint of heart. But you should go check it out. Thanks again to Grant Paulson for joining us on District of Chip and Friends. To talk a little bit about his background and being on Letterman. That's way cooler than me. Way cooler than me. And you can find that Last Week Tonight clip on YouTube. Just look up uh, Last Week Tonight, Washington Redskins. I think it's like the second or third video down. That's all I'm going to do if you want to see it. Uh, I'll even post it on our social medias at DCAFpod and at Chip underscore Briere. As a look back in time. I know this is coming out Friday morning, but it's it's fine. We'll, we'll let you know. We'll show it to you. Uh have a great Easter weekend, everybody. We talked to Rob Carlin of NBC Sports Washington on Monday, and we appreciate you being with us. As always, rate, review, and subscribe. District of Chip and Friends. For all of you that have made it this far, cheers. First round's on me. To the young, the old, and the proud, we'll catch you later.